I'm just going to hasten right in. We're just going to jump headlong into the Word of God today. And I want to make some observations, and we're going to talk about a subject and deal with that just a little bit here today. Um, I've been a little uniquely, like probably you have, a little surprised at the, the character of our culture right now that is manifesting itself, and we're spending a lot of time talking about that. How come my light's not on? Come on, bro. Is this plugged in? Ah, that's the deal. I have my light on. Um, as I was saying, <laughs> squirrel, <laughs> squirrel, <laughs> easily distracted. Shiny things distracted me. I'm supposed to be up here preaching, aren't I, doing something. But um, my daughter commented with uh, a couple weeks back, she was a little chagrined and a little surprised. Um, of course, we've had uh, in our state as well as in our community here, there's been some uh, peaceful protests. Some of them have been that way. And so in our community, we had right here at Old Central Square, we had... You know, for a number of weeks, you saw folks that were out there, many of them peacefully protesting. First Amendment rights, you have a right to do that. You know, that's fine. And uh, many of you will remember a couple weeks ago after that, there was a Back the Blue rally. You remember that? Back the Blue, we were trying to, uh, many were trying to show support for our police officers or law enforcement. And uh, I think that was a good thing. I, obviously, it was, it's, I thank God for our law enforcement, our police officers. Thank God for them. Um, but my, my daughter was on her, um, on her social media, and I don't know if it was Instagram or uh, Facebook, but one of her friends, I just want you to know that 2,000 friends you got, they're probably not your friends, all of them. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, we water this thing down. Friends. I mean, you maybe have five friends, really. I mean, to discourage you. The rest are probably associates. But anyway, so one of those friends... Um, had commented and was talking about could not believe this, you know, back to blue thing and and uh, all the. She said something to the effect that she couldn't wait until Grand Rapids was rid of all the racist, all the racists in Grand Rapids that showed up at the back to blue rally and you know, all the racists. I can't believe all the racists. I didn't know that if you supported your police that made you a racist, but you know, there's a new revelation every day. So. Um, and so she, you know, this, 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 just no fear of an accusation like that, just, just, you know, throw it out there, just like, man, equating, supporting police, you're racist. And so my daughter's, she's an activist like all of us. <laughs> and, uh, but she did it in a really good way. She framed a, a response. She didn't put it online, wasn't interested in flaming the whole thing, but I, she DM, she direct messaged this person and kind of gave, you know, like a, a pretty, I thought was a well-written response to which the girl kind of backed up from her position, which was a positive thing, I think. But we were talking about it one day. We were, we were kind of shocked. And frankly, it's a little odd to me. Is it odd to you the level, the, the pitch and the tenor of the rhetoric? It's just, you know, racist. Oh, wow, man. So, um, what I want to talk about, and I mentioned this in the past year probably, the spirit of accusation. I've talked about the spirit of accusation. And the spirit of accusation, I think for a couple of years at least, it seems like that, that attitude, by spirit I don't just mean devil, I mean, or it can be that, but I mean that attitude is like it's on steroids. It's on steroids, like accusation, just everywhere you look. False accusation. And the spirit of accusation is fueling in our world right now anger and violence and division in our country. 
The spirit of accusation is fueling all of these things, and I don't, I don't think it is a good thing. You know, we're supposed to be the United States of America, and there's, there's seemingly a political, sociological uh, civil war that is happening. And if you don't accept a certain ideology, you are accused of bigotry. As if you're not entitled to your own beliefs anymore, and if you espouse certain beliefs, you are now a bigot. You are now a racist. You are, and I just, I find it interesting. I'm not here, I'm apolitical. Um, what I mean by that is I'm not here to, to press any, uh, a Republican party, a Democrat party, an independent party. I just, I'm, I, I, what I want to push is Jesus. That's, that's really, that's, if you want to know my party, I'm in the Holy Ghost party. I'm in the Holy Ghost party. I'm, I'm voting for I'm voting for Holy Ghost. I'm voting for Jesus. I'm, I'm voting for revival. That's what I'm voting for. And uh, if you're a Republican, man, I want you to have the Holy Ghost. If you're an independent, if you're a Democrat, if you're voting for Joe Biden, if you're voting for Trump, it doesn't matter. I just want everybody. That, that's my bandwagon. I'm on the Jesus bandwagon, okay? So not interested in a flaming debate and all that, but I, I, I do find it very, very interesting that, and, you know, I'm not that old. I'm just a little older than 30. A little bit, a year or two. But I have been around long enough to, to, to realize that there is a tone and there is a tenor right now. I don't, I don't ever, in my lifetime, Tim, I don't ever remember in my lifetime collusion, impeachment. Uh, they're finding out Durham is doing some digging and at the upper levels of the FBI or intelligence agencies. I mean, this just this, whatever you want to call it. And again, I'm not here to, to favor one party. I'm just saying, isn't it odd the false accusations of, that, are, that are flying through our world. Listen, America, Amer there is no question, America is not a perfect nation. Is there racism? Yes, I'm sure in certain places there is racism. Can we do better? I think we can do better. But folks, I think we ought to thank God that we have come a long ways from where we used to be. And let me tell you something about this racism issue. Racism is not an American problem. Racism is a human problem. And as, as from all the way back from the Tower of Babel, you've got people groups. And if it, you know, if it wasn't color-based, ethnicity-based, it's, it's religion, you know, people killing each other over their religion. This is not a, new, it's not a new thing. But false accusations, I mean, bigotry and, and all of these things that are just, you've got this thing called cancel culture right now that if, if you don't believe the way that I believe, I just cancel you out and... And I'm going to call you out, and I'm going to call you out on social media. And, if, and if, you own a, if you own a bean company and you vote for this president, I ain't buying your beans anymore. And, oh, but I'm going to buy this guy's beans because he's for the president that I want. And You see what I'm saying? You, you, the, the accusation, the cancel culture, the, the, the anti-law enforcement, defund the police, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You've got to be kidding me. Defund the police? How's that going to work out for you? Good luck. The problem is the underserved communities. That some, now, is there dishonest police? Of course there are. It's like there's dishonest doctors. There are dishonest preachers. But give me a break. I hope you give me a chance. Just because there's a pedophile priest, I hope you give me a chance as a pastor. I mean, there's... I mean, there's, there's I'm not going to that church because there's hypocrites in that church. Well, you better not go to Walmart because there's hypocrites in Walmart. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm not getting my gas at M&H because there's hypocrites in it. Okay. See what I'm saying? You can't just, you can't broad brush everything. And we're, we're living in a world that is finding it so easy to just, to condemn and, and to, to damn and to accuse opposing viewpoints. And it seems as though the culture that we're living in now, you can't disagree with pop culture. You can't, you can't disagree with pop culture nowadays. They're going to slam a label on you. And it is amazing to me that for generations we have been told by pop culture that you can't judge. And all of a sudden, if you don't believe like somebody believes, you're XYZ. Isn't that funny? You can have 42 pronouns, and don't you dare, don't you dare speak against, I mean, there's 42 pronouns, he, she, it, however, you know, all that, all this stuff in our world today, and, and this, 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 this whole thing we've been told for decades, don't judge, and now all of a sudden, we got, man, we got judging on a whole nother level. The spirit of accusation. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Revelation 12 and 10 says, For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. The accuser of the brethren. What is he talking about? The spirit of the devil, the enemy, the, the enemy of our souls, that his moda, Modus operandi is to criticize and to critique and to condemn and to beat down and harass, minimize, make feel unimportant. Part of his methodology is accusation, accusation, accusation. And he's called the prince of the power of the air. And you know what that means? The airwaves are filled with that spirit. The airwaves are filled with the attitude of accusation. The airwaves are filled with all kinds of false accusation, condemnation, criticism, defamatory language, uh, debates. Uh, it's almost oppressive. And if you think about it, the media, that's how it gets attention in many ways. It works on this principle. Think about it. It grabs the attention. And why does accusation work? Accusation work because it hurts. Have you ever been falsely accused? You ever had someone accuse you of something and it's like, oh, oh, it's just mean. It's punching below the belt. Man, you've ever been falsely accused? Some of you are this. You're like, man, it just, it just hurts. In, in, in the tenor of our world today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about a subject here. You probably, I don't think I've ever preached about this. And, and buckle your seatbelt. All right, and just get ready. Put your crash helmet on. Um, I don't know that I've ever talked about this. I'm going to talk about swearing. Bleep, bleep, bleepity, bleep. All the kids are like, uh-oh, man. That's just talking about swearing today. Sort of odd to talk about in church. I get it. But here's the, here's the question I have for you. Swearing. What is another synonymous word that is used with swearing? Curse. Cussing. Cursing. Lord's name in vain. Okay. I want you to think about it though. Okay. Think about this. Now I never thought about this as a sinner before I walked with God. I never, I never thought about this. Cursing. Swearing is synonymous with cursing. 
wait a second, cursing? Are you talking like witchcraft, like hexing? You know, like vexing and hexing? And that's literally what cursing means. Cursing means to call upon divine or supernatural power to send injury upon. Cursing. Cursing. And so before I walked with God, I had a prolific vocabulary when it came to swearing. I could swear in, in, swear in, a, in colorful ways, imaginative ways. I could swear. But you know, there was one word that I knew as a sinner. There was one word that was the king daddy of them all. That this is the one you should never say. And I, I, I would swear, I would curse. And, I, and, you know, things didn't go my way. I'm playing basketball. I miss a shot. Bleep, 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 bleep. You could say it colorfully. You could do all that. But I never even thought about it. But there was, there was one word I knew that even my grandma took me to church as a child. I went to church as a child. And there was something that was put within me that I know that, that God's name is something that should be holy and hallowed, right? And I knew there were times when... Uh, very infrequently, but there are times that that word would come out of my mouth, God, and I would add the, the, the curse with it. And I could remember something inside. I'd, I'd run around gym class in ninth grade, and that, that word come out of my mouth. And kind of under my breath, my friends weren't watching, but I was, God, I'm sorry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that word. Because there was something inside that said, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't use the Lord's name in vain, Right? Isn't it, isn't it weird? I want you to think about a word, and I'm going to say this word, and pastor's not swearing, okay? Because even Jesus used this word. But the word damn. Isn't it, think about this just for a minute. Isn't it weird that, that people intrinsically in our, in our world today, when they begin to curse and they begin to swear, they say that word? I mean, before you knew God and you said that word, do you ever think about the word? The word damn. Jesus used the word. He said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. What did he mean by that? Literally, that is a, a legal word. It's a pronouncement of guilt. It's a punitive sentence in a legal context. In other words, if somebody doesn't believe in Jesus and somebody consequently is not baptized, baptism is important. Jesus commanded baptism. He did. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Consequently, is not baptized shall be damned. Literally, there's going to be a, a guilt in a punitive sentence in a legal context. People that don't believe in Jesus, there's going to be a day that they are going to be condemned to an eternity without God. We don't, we don't, we're not excited about that news. We don't want anybody to be lost for eternity. Come on, church. We don't want anybody to be damned for an eternity. We don't want anybody to, to live in an eternity without God and to be condemned to in a legal sense when they stand before the judge of the whole earth and they stand before God and they say, I, I didn't believe in God. And, and they're standing in the proof of God and God says, okay, there's a place that's been prepared for unbelievers, Satan, as well as unbelievers, and they are damned for an eternity. Amen. There is no child of God that wants anybody to be damned. We don't want anybody. In fact, Christians don't use swear words. Maybe we need to work on this for a little while because that feels just a little bit weak. The word damn. I mean, people that, people that use that in a, in a swear word context. Can you, can you imagine? Literally, that word is a curse word. 
When somebody points at somebody and they use that word against them or they use the word God in tandem with that word. And can you imagine speaking that literally, that, that maybe ignorantly saying it, but, but, but speaking a curse over someone's life. What are you preaching today, pastor? What I'm preaching today is Christians uh, don't curse. Uh, Christians uh, bless. We don't curse. We don't fill our language because, oh, Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost, those goosebumps I was talking about. I feel them right now. You know why? We live in a world right now that is heaping condemnation and heaping accusation. And if we're not careful, we may get upset about that. And, you know, political ideologies may rile us up. But listen, as Christians, we don't fight fire with fire. When we get cursed, we don't curse back. If they're looking at engaging in a fight, we're not looking at engaging in that kind of a fight because Christians don't curse. Christians bless. We bless. We don't curse. Though they may curse us, we don't curse. We bless. Part of the reason our world's in trouble today is because what does cursing produce? What does it produce? What is it producing right now in our world today? It's, a, it's producing hate, animosities among people groups and animosities among people and anger and wrath and violence and buildings are burning and people are, my goodness, this child that was just this past week, how old was that child? Five years old, some person comes up and puts a gun to the child's head and pulls the trigger in. What is happening in our world today? The hatred and the accusations and the bitterness and, and the cursing. And here we are as Christians walking through this world surrounded by a spirit of accusation. And we are on a revival series, and I haven't forgotten about this. We're taking a little detour right now. But the detour we're taking is that while we're having revival, there's going to be people that disagree with us. There's going to be people that hate what we stand for, and that's okay. Maybe some of the greatest evangelists that have yet to be born are those that are against the Christian way, like the Apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus. But while they're cursing, we don't let that get into our spirit. We don't let the spirit of accusation get inside of us. We don't let the spirit of cursing get inside of us because the world's full of that. But we as God's people, we don't curse. What we do is we bless. We bless people in the name of the Lord. And we wish the best upon them. And they're like sheep that are gone astray. Uh, they're being led astray. Uh, and Christians don't curse. Christians bless. That's why the word of God says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is bleep, 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 bleep. Hashtag, you know. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the ears. Verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, because swearing and cursing grieves the Spirit of God. I don't want to grieve the Spirit of God. I want to entertain the Spirit of God. I want the Holy Ghost free to work in my life. And where there's cursing and there's corrupt communication, it grieves the Spirit. That's why he said, let bitterness, let wrath. Isn't that interesting? Corrupt communication goes along with bitterness and wrath. Bitterness and wrath, you know what it produces? It produces cursing. 
bitterness and unresolved conflict and anger and clamor and evil speaking. He said, let it be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. We, we don't curse as God's people. We bless. Praise the Lord. We bless. We bless. That's what we do. May that be in our spirit. If that's going to happen... We've got to have something working in our heart. So this is what I want to, I want to work with this topic a little bit this morning. So how do we, when we are surrounded in a time period, in our nation's history and in our culture, that it seems like everywhere we look, you open up your Facebook, you open up your social media, you turn on the news, and it's like everything. It's just like, you just, how do we neutralize that? Because I'm telling you what, folks, that stuff wants to get into our heart and it wants to get into our spirit. It really does. It'll work you up. It'll get you angry. It really will. And what I've come to find out is the Christian church, thank God, Christian church is filled with people that are conservative people. They're conservative morally. They're conservative spiritually. We're conservative doctrinally. We're apostolic. Praise God. Hallelujah. Dun, 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 dun. We're, we're those people. We're conservative. Sometimes we're conservative politically. But we cannot get our politics mixed and marinated with our doctrine and our, our love in Jesus Christ. Because you know what? You get that stuff in your spirit, and all of a sudden, we're fighting a battle that we ought not to be fighting. Because we're wrestling against flesh and blood. This isn't a political battle that we're in. And I'm not, don't read me wrong. I feel like i got to cover myself here. You vote on, on election day. You vote for somebody that, that, that is as close as you can get to biblical principles. Do that. Be civically involved, that's fine. But I cannot allow the spirit of this age to get into my heart. Because let me tell you what my mission is. My mission, my mission is not red or blue, Democrat or Republican. My mission is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. My mission is the gospel of Jesus Christ. My mission is that people would know the Lord. So how do we, while we're going through all of this, how do we not allow this to get into our spirit? Because if I'm not careful, this will get into my spirit. What I'm saying is, man, it's like all the time, everywhere you go, man, it's, 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 it's on. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to unplug. you got to unplug and say, no, I don't want that influence in my life anymore. Somehow or another, we've got to neutralize the spirit of accusation because we're not going to win in, in, as the church with the spirit of accusation. We've got to neutralize it. So if I'm going to be effective in the battle, I've got to neutralize the spirit of the age in, in some ways. You know what this is? Tums, 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 tums. This is an antacid. You know, you ate what you shouldn't have ate, and it's about midnight, and you're laying there, and your belly's going like, ooh, ooh, ooh. You put one of these little guys in there, and that little guy sinks right down in your belly, and it goes, oh, we're going to work on that acid. Yeah, we're going to take. It neutralizes it. Okay, that didn't work for you. So, you know, this, I don't know if this, this is bathroom spray. And, you know, here's the thing. This stuff, all the, this really doesn't work. It, just, it doesn't really neutralize it. It just kind of, 
we'll leave that one alone. You're like, I'm in church. This is, that's, that's worth, okay. So let's, let's do this one. How about this one? This is ibuprofen. You know what ibuprofen is? Man, we could have revival if we get a spirit of ibuprofen in us. You know what ibuprofen is? It's anti-inflammatory. Anti-inflammatory. I know so, some people that they are not anti-inflammatory. And they're like, if there's a fire, here's the thing. Every one of us, you got two buckets. You got one bucket that's full of gas. You got one bucket that's full of water. And if there's a fire, you bring one of two buckets to the fire. You can throw gas on the fire and you can make it worse. Or you can take water and pour water on the fire. I'm talking anti-inflammatory. We need some anti-inflammatory in the church. Because when the world curses, come on church, we bless. I'm an activist by nature. I can't help it. I mean, I can help it, but I don't want to help it. I'm an activist, right? We're activists. And so we see causes and we're like, man, that's not right. That's not right. We, I want my pitchfork and my torch. I'm showing up at City Hall. I'm showing up at the Capitol. I'm an activist. I'm an activist. And so it's kind of like the, the decision you need to make is am I going to bite the bait? The accuser of the brother, am I going to bite the bait? And am I, am I going to get in this great big old fight? I'm going to get in a great big old fight. I'm going to prove a point. That's what I'm going to do. You can, you can win the battle and lose the war. I'm preaching really good right now. What are you saying? I'm saying because this stuff can get in your spirit. How do I know? Because it's been there. You know, I got all these issues that are in our culture right now, and it's getting really personal. It's getting really personal. It's getting really personal. To mask or not to mask? That is the question. Huh? Come on, I know what you're thinking because I thought the same thing. Like, I got all the data and, you know, this and that. And you can get on your, 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 your uh, whatever, your social media. And you can, you can read articles. And you, you can read articles. Whatever you want to believe, you can find an article that will validate what you believe. Well, Fauci this. And, man, you got this. And, you know, you, you can be like, man, not enough people are wearing masks. We got people that aren't wearing masks. They should be wearing masks. Or you can take the other side and say, man, we don't need to be wearing no masks. You got to be wearing them. Rah, 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 rah. I'm going to make a statement. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the world about masks. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to post on Facebook. And, and I'm going to change so many minds by posting on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, you are. You ain't going to change nobody's mind. Man, I'm an activist. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, know what we need is we need a little more anti-inflammatory. Oh, hallelujah. It's about keeping our spirit right. If we're going to have revival, we better pick our issue. I feel the Holy Ghost. If we're going to have revival in our church, we better pick our issue. And sometimes it's this issue or that issue. You say, Pastor, well, how about the mass? Why did you make up your mind on that? Because the governor, that's what he asked us to do. And Romans 13 gives us clarity. It's over with, folks, as far as I'm concerned. I don't care. I don't care. Wear one, don't wear one. Your beef, your deal. We're not enforcing it. We're not policing it. We're doing what the governor asked to do. Like it, don't like it. I don't really care. Next! Yeah. Why? Because 
I've determined to do nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. We're going to do our best to follow you know, our leaders, and that's fine. But the bottom line is, I'm not going to get mixed up, tangled up, fighting, divided, accusatory, attitude, angry, upset. How come it's like No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to neutralize that in the name of Jesus. And what I had to do about a month ago is say, God, there's nothing more important than me having my spirit right. I've had to get rude a little bit. I've had to tell people, I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't care. I'm not pointing at you. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it anymore. Just get out of my face. Don't talk to me about it anymore. No, it's true, though. I don't want to feed my spirit that. I know the arguments. I mean, all the, all the stuff that's going on. I mean, I get it. There's, there, there's right and wrong. Okay, not saying we sacrifice truth, but what I'm saying is i got to pick my issue. And so I want to keep my spirit right. I want to keep my heart right. So what that means is i got to cut off the sources of some of that stuff. I want to keep my spirit right. I don't want to fixate on the negative. I don't want to entertain it. I don't want to fight it. I don't want to cut conversation. I don't want to uplift it. Because we cannot win a spiritual battle in a fleshly way. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We win spiritual battles in spiritual ways. Not in fleshly ways, but in spiritual ways. So we cut off the sources of accusation in our life. We cut off the sources of accusation in our life. That may mean, I talked to somebody before the service, and they, they did this. They said, you know what? They said, I, I disconnected, and you can do what you want to do. I'm not saying do this, but if you need to do it, do it. But they said, I, 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 I uh, deleted Facebook from my phone. And you know what they told me? They said, you know what? I'm so much happier. I'm so much happier because I, 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 think, I think the enemy's just like, let's get them all worked up. <laughs> let's just get them worked up. Let's get them distracted. Let's just get them, you know, obsessing about issues that are really at the end of the day. This, folks, this is all going to blow over. Maybe November the 3rd it will blow over. I think it's going to go on past November the 3rd. I'm not prophesying, but I think it's going to go past that. But, but whatever. What, I'm just saying I'm not taking the bait. Cut off the sources of accusation in your life. Probably we need a good media fast. Right. I know we talk about things. Man, we talk about things that interest us. That's fine. That's, that's okay. I get that. But you know, listen up. You know when your conversation becomes toxic. And you all of a sudden just, now I'm worked up. I'm mad. Some of those things we just need to unplug from, toxic conversation. And you know, hey, it's one thing to talk about things. It's another thing to say, hey, let's redirect. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I don't, I'll tell you what I say. <laughs> I don't really care. I just don't care anymore. I mean, I just, okay, enough. <laughs> I don't care. Hallelujah. We got to keep our spirit right. Here's another thing. I'm going to be confrontational, all right? <laughs> That's a warning. Stop complaining and whining. I mean, seriously, seriously. Say, I can't believe, Pastor, I came to church and now he's telling me that. He's just, wow, how rude. <laughs> Stop complaining and whining. Seriously, we live in one of the most free times in the history of the world. 
We are blessed everywhere we look. The truth is we're blessed in our home. We've got beautiful homes. We've got vehicles. We got, our bills are paid by and large. I mean, man, everything isn't perfect. Wow, we got so many things that are on, on our side. God has blessed us. We're, we're thankful. Stop complaining and whining. Philippians 2.14 says, do all things, all things. That in the Greek, you know what that means? Everything. It's powerful. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Let me read, uh, amplify it. Do all things without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining against God and questioning and doubting among yourselves. Do all things without grumbling, fault-finding, complaining, we used to have a thing, I just, it just popped into my head, divine inspiration. We had this thing that we put on our refrigerator when the kids were young, and it was a big sign, and it had the word in red, whining. And it had a big red circle about it, and it had a big line through it. No whining. He said, do all things without whining and fault-finding and complaining. I'm talking this morning about how do we defeat and counter the evil accusing attitude that is permeating our culture. Let me tell you how we do it. We get a God bless you in our spirit. We don't curse. We bless. We are not among those that cur- Christians don't curse. Christians bless. When, 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 when we are cursed, we blessed. If we're lied against, then we determine we're going to tell the truth. When they hate, we're going to love. Because we overcome evil, not with evil, but we overcome evil with good. We get to praise God in our spirit. We get to God bless you in our spirit. Amen. When our culture is filled with that, we say, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Andy Stanley wrote an article this past week that it circulated. Some of you have may have had the opportunity to, to see it. I was so impressed by it. And I quote, Andy Stanley, quote, Sometimes I just want to stop. Stop talk of COVID, looting, brutality. He said, I lose my way. I become convinced that this, quote, new normal is real life. He said, then I meet an 87-year-old who talks of living through polio. 87-year-old man. He begins to talk to him, and he talks of living through polio, diphtheria, Vietnam protests, and yet is still enchanted with life. He seemed surprised when I said that 2020 must be especially challenging for him. He talked to the 87-year-old man and said, man, this must be a very challenging time for you. And the old man said, no. He said, he looked at him straight in the eyes. He said, I learned a long time ago not to see the world, listen up, through the printed headlines. He said, I see the world through the people that surround me, not the printed headlines. He said, I see the world with the realization that we love big. Therefore, I choose, the wise old man said, he said, I choose to write my own headlines. Husband loves wife today. Family drops everything to come come visit grandma's bedside. He patted my hand. Old man makes new friend. And Andy Stanley says his words collide with my worries, freeing them from the tether I had been holding tight. They float away. I'm left with a renewed spirit and a new way to write my own headlines. What are you saying? You know what we need to be doing right now? Don't let CNN write your own headlines. Come on, don't let Fox News write your headlines. Don't let ABC write your headlines. You write your own headlines. You write the headlines of your life. I'm blessed. God's been good to me. I'm going to a city where the Lamb is the light. I may be sick, uh, but oh, I'm going to be well one day. 
It's not like I want it to be, but neither is it like it used to be. He's a good God, and I'm living a good life, and I'm blessed of the Lord. I've got good friends. I've got family. I've got so many things to look forward to. I'm writing my own headlines. We get a God bless you in our spirit. What does that mean in our mind and in our heart and our thinking? We get a God bless you in our spirit. We get a God bless you on our lips. You know what that means? We start, we start speaking blessing. We start speaking good things and positive things and uplifting things. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto thee, O God. We get a God bless you on our lips. We get a God bless you in our relationships. Uh, so God bless you, what does that mean? What that means is I seek the best for you. Cursing says judgment upon your life. Blessing says I wish the best for you. Blessing says, man, I hope God brings good things into your life. God bless you. I want God to help you with his will in your life. A God bless you says I speak life. A God bless you is filled with gratitude and thanksgiving. We need more positivity circles in our homes and in our, in our church. A positivity circle that when you sit down for your evening meal with your family to say, hey, guess what, family? God's been good to us. The Lord has blessed us, and here's all the reasons why. We start speaking the positive. We get positivity on our lips coming out of our mouth in our heart. That means young people looking to their parents and saying, thank you, mom and dad, for loving me. Hallelujah. We look at one another and say, thank God for the privileges that we have in life. And I'll tell you what that attitude produces. That attitude produces peace. That attitude produces joy. That attitude produces thanksgiving. That's why I'm saying that the saying, God bless you, is a big deal. Because God bless you is a sentiment. It is a desire. It is an attitude. God bless you. God, God, the omnipotent, almighty, benevolent, kind, giving, awesome, eternal, wonderful, all-powerful, all-knowing. God, bless, that means to bring goodness. That means an active demonstration of the favor of God. God, bless, not just anybody, but, but you, Tucker. God bless you, Tucker. And God bless you, Terry. God bless you, Kim. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That's the sentiment we have. We want God to bless you. What are you talking about, Pastor? I am proposing a genuine spiritual sentiment that is deep within the heart of every child of God, that is full of faith and full of goodwill, that is directed to another precious person, speaking blessing, a desire of blessing, not cursing, because our world is cursing. While the world is cursing, the church needs to be blessing. I wish the best for you. I pray God's rich blessing upon your life. I pray he rains mercy and goodness upon you. I pray the Lord would, would bless you. It's an interesting fact 
The East Coast, of course, there are those that derive their entire income and their living from crabbing, crabbing, <laughs> crabbing, crabbing. So they throw their baskets out and they bring their crabs in. I found a unique thing. If you go out, you go out crabbing and you bring crabs in, you bring them into your boat. The unique thing, if you have a bucket and we had a bucket, bucket's gone. Somebody kicked the bucket. Bucket is. You have a bucket. The bucket is there. You put a crab in a bucket. The crab can climb out of the bucket. You know that. But if you put three or four crabs in the bucket, that crab will never get out of the bucket. And do you know why? Because if that crab starts crawling out of the bucket, the other crabs reach up and say, you ain't getting out of that bucket. And they pull that crab back down. They say, you're, you're not ever getting out. You're, you, you're, not, you're not getting out of here. We're pulling you back down here. You're not getting out. Oh, God, may the church never operate that way. We don't pull people down. We lift people up. You be all that God wants you to be. You be successful. If the Lord blesses you, I won't be envious of that. Come on, church. We rejoice with them that rejoice. We're, we're happy when God blesses someone else. We don't have to pull people back down to our level. I don't have time to get into it, but you, you, you get a chance. Do your homework. It's called the Law of Jante. Scandinavian countries, it's really interesting if you get into the Law of Jante. And basically what it is is it's the idea that people are so a part of a people group that if anybody rises up and they become successful, it's like a conglomerate attitude that says, the law of Jante says, it's a Scandinavian thing, that if you start to break out and become, then they pull you back down. There, there are cultures that surround us that if you start doing good, I could get really particular here and I'm not going to do that, but surrounding right where we live, cultures that if you stop doing drugs and you start cleaning up, then all of a sudden people show up at your house and they start giving you free drugs because they don't want you to break out of what they are. They're going to pull you back down. You start to become successful. They're going to they're criticize you. They're going to condemn you because they want you back on their level. But we as the church, we don't operate that way. When someone gets blessed, uh, we thank God. We celebrate. We celebrate with them. We thank God with them. We are lifters. We're not like the crabs that pull the other ones down. There's a little poem that says it like this. I like this little poem. It says, I hate the guys who minimize and criticize the other guys whose enterprise has made them rise above the guys who criticize. <laughs> Say it again. I hate the guys who minimize and criticize the other guys whose enterprise has made them rise above the guys who criticize. Why? Because we don't tear down. We build up. And when God blesses someone, we're thankful. I am proposing today a high road. I am suggesting a better path. I am suggesting the path of Jesus who said that when they curse you, bless them which curse you. Pray for them which despise you. He said bless them. He said get a God bless you in your spirit. The antidote to envy is a God bless you in our spirit. May God bless you. One of the final scriptures I'd like to give you as I, as I close. It's out of the Old Testament. One of the beautiful sayings of the Old Testament. I was uh, having a terrible week about three weeks ago. And it uh, doesn't happen often, thankfully. And somebody, they, they sent me a text. And this was the exact verse they gave me. This is what it says. Number 623, speak unto Aaron, unto his son, saying, On this wise you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, notice, this is what the priest was supposed to say, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. 
The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. The Lord bless you and keep you was a, a verbal proclamation that was supposed to be spoken over other people's lives. He told Aaron, he told the anointed one, the anointed ones, the priesthood. He said, what you should be speaking is speaking blessing over people's lives. And allow me to say it this way, that God held a human responsible. He held a human responsible for speaking the blessing. Aaron and his sons. Aaron, I want you to get this on your lips. Aaron, I want you to speak to the children of Israel. I want you to speak over them and say, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. I pray the Lord makes his face to shine upon you. Because if God's face shines upon your life, if you have the favor of God upon your life, let me tell you what, you are going to have such a wonderful life. If God blesses you and his favor is upon your life, you're going to have such a wonderful life. You're going to have peace in your marriage. Your children are going to grow up with their precious little legs under your table, and they're going to be blessed. I believe when you go to work, you're going to rise up in your workplace. I've been praying this. I got it in my phone as a reminder. I'm praying that God would raise up the men and the women of this church and our community. I'm praying that in places of influence so that you can influence others for good things and good ways. Because that's what he told the priesthood. You're anointed of God. You're carrying oil upon your forehead. You've been blessed and anointed of God to, to speak some things. But he said, priest, you have to say it. And my message today is when saints get blessing on their lips, good things are going to happen. When saints get blessing on their lips, good things are going to happen. He said, Aaron, anointed man of God. He said, people of God, I want you to speak. The Lord bless thee. The Lord keep thee. The Lord cause his face to shine upon thee. Be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And verse 27 says, notice with me, please. Numbers 6, 27. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. And notice what God said. And can you put that scripture up there? We need to get that one. Number 627. It says, and God said, they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. And God said, notice what? Notice what, what did God say? What did God say? And God said, I will bless them. God said, I will will bless them. When was God going to bless them? The people. God was going to bless them when they said, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee. He said, people, if you'll start blessing people, you'll verbally bless people. God said, I'll bless people when you bless people. You know what that means? When we start blessing people, all of a sudden God gets in. Man, I feel Jesus here today. God gets involved with that and God starts blessing when we don't curse but when we bless I want to encourage this congregation speak blessing over people's lives stand together with me today speak blessing over people's lives you know what we need to do we need to put a great big smile upon our faces we need to walk into our culture today with a smile on our face and victory in our heart. The Lord bless you. I want to encourage you this week. Tell people around you. Tell the people. Tell the people that are around you, hey, I love you. Son of mine, daughter of mine, I love you. 
Come on, we ought to tell one another words of encouragement. I love you. I thank God for you. We need to bless one another. I want to encourage you this week, give someone a gift. Give someone a gift. Give someone a gift this week. I mean, we got, we got, uh, you know, the ladies do their, what do they do? The secret sisters. We need to have secret brothers. Come on. Secret brothers. Sean, you come to church and there's a, you know, there's a brand new four-wheeler out there, Sean Thompson. <laughs> That's how the brothers would be doing it. And I'd show up at church and there'd be a brand new shotgun. That's how guys would do it. Duck hunting season's coming quick. Now, what are you saying? I'm saying bless one another. Send somebody a gift this week. Send somebody a handwritten note. Take the time. Take the time. Express to someone, you've been a blessing to me. I thank God for you. I want you to know today, I'm praying for you this week. I'm talking, come on, church. I'm talking about overcoming the spirit of accusation with blessing. I'm talking about putting other people first. You show up at that door. Step back for a second. Open that door for someone else. Let them go first. Bless them. Bless them. When you go to the restaurant, well, Culver, I mentioned Culver because I think Culver's about right now. I'm like thinking Culver's. Oh, man. Oh, man. I could get distracted really bad. You go to Culver's. If you get a kid's meal, you get a kid's meal. They charge you like an adult, so it's not really a ripoff, but... You get a kid's meal and you get that whole meal, they give you, you get a free little ice cream at the end. Oh, man. But when you're there, I digress. When you're there, bless the waitress, bless the drive through person, bless the gas station attendant, bless. Come on, don't complain. Bless. I don't like the service. I don't like blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Bless. 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 Come on, don't entertain evil, jealous, envious, hateful thoughts. There are people in your life that you need to forgive. Not because they deserve the forgiveness, but because you're going to express the heart of God and say, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. When you're at home, consider what is the tone at the dinner table? What are you expressing? Are you expressing just frustration and anger? you saying I'm, I'm bringing blessing into my home one of the final points that I'll make is this it's tight but it's right I want you to think every time you post on social media I want you to think about every time you post on social media what's in your spirit is it anger is it spite is it frustration Think to yourself, what will this produce? Is this post going to be helpful? Is it going to be a blessing to others? Will this post make people want to be more godly? Come on, I don't care about your candidate. Neither do they. Let's ask why. Because we want to be a blessing. What do you say we get a God bless you in our spirit? What do you say we get a God bless you? Can we do that? God bless our mayor. God bless our governor. God bless our city councilor. God bless my boss. God bless those that disagree with me and my beliefs. God bless America. God bless my church. Come on, God bless my youth group. God bless the elders that are in the church. God bless the Minnesota District of the United Pentecostal Church. Come on. Come on. 
I'm praying God bless you. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together and magnify the Lord right now. Can we do that? Lift our voices.